Shomrabyog. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the tiny room. Welcome back to on Shomrabyog. I am the Michael of Michael Avengers podcast, and I am joined, as always, in the tiny room for the one hundred seventh time by Ireland's most sensitive man. I mean, sensitive in the sense that he won't say things that are inappropriate. Not sensitive, as in that his feelings are easily hurt. It's what, Benjamin. What does that mean? <laughs> Oh, good. Very. You've turned it around. A little bit of everything. It's a little bit of everything. Ladies and gentlemen, Benjamin is claiming this week to be ill, uh, but that's a ruse to hide the fact that he's hungover. And I am suffering from an allergic reaction to plant bloody reproductive juices. Oh, you're gonna have to explain. I suppose they're not juices, are they? That's the worst description of pollen ever. Plant sperm. (laughs) I'm allergic to plant sperm, and there's lots of plant sperm in the air. So you're gonna have to. You're gonna have to bear bear with us a little bit today and put up with a bit of snotty nosed podcasting. (gasps) The music for the podcast. We don't actually have anything music. For us, I don't wanna name any names. Rachel, I hope it's Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you bloody got me. You got me, man. I wasn't expecting that at all. Ben. Yes. Speaking of things that we weren't expecting at all. A podcast on a Sunday morning a that we do every week. We do that every week, Ben. It doesn't matter if there's lots of hay fever and we're tired. Benjamin, bloody, the the TV show Legion is bloody back. Yes. Neither of us have seen it, though. Neither of us have bothered. So that's, the, that's the news. Right, that's it. That's all we've got. It's back. Charles Xavier is in it this year. Really? Yeah, but really? played by an actor. By an actor? Yes. and um, Not Jimmy Mack? No. No? No, Jimmy Mack's not in it. Oh. Um, I still think probably the best bit of X-Men related thing on television so I will watch it later on this evening after I've edited these podcasts I've no doubt you will after I've edited these podcasts too <laughs> what I, do, I, I don't understand I, oh, no, I, I'm not setting up a bit alright okay you know we do two podcasts now oh we yes do. these are ah, these podcasts too you were Shakespearean oh, yeah, exactly yeah okay. hither, hither and fro we will yawn do a th- two podcasts yawn these podcasts too will edited be exactly. No, that's more Yoda. I feel upon the moor. <laughs> upon the moor. No, now you've gone into like, what's the guy who wrote Shakespeare? Not Shakespeare. <laughs> who wrote? Who wrote? Bloody bloody! What's his name? Long coat, funny hat, pipe. Heathcliff solves a crime. <laughs> solves Sherlock a crime. Holmes. Sherlock Holmes. Who wrote Sherlock Holmes? Sherlock Holmes. Um, Arthur Conan Doyle. Yeah, you've gone more into Arthur Conan Arthur Doyle. Conan I feel Doyle. he was more obsessed with moors. Upon the moor. Wasn't Shakespeare more about? Um, like a bloody mysterious island or something. Well, unless we talk about the witches three who hatched a plot upon the moor for oh, Macbeth. Oh, for Macbeth, of course. Yes, of course. Classic Macbeth. Welcome back to Shakespearean Ramble, the new <laughs> podcast from Shomerbjog Productions. Have <laughs> well, you noticed we're both better at saying Shomerbjog Productions now? It's, it's taken it's a while. The, it's not the easiest thing in the world to say, Ben. It's taken a while. It is not the easiest thing in the world to say. Anyway, Ben, look, we haven't seen it yet, so it's probably good, but we haven't seen Speaking of things, though, that we have seen, go on, but are yet again, hence forth and hither, back in yon projection room. I better stop that. It was a great soliloquy. Um, Nailed it. Bloody Avengers Infinity. <laughs> I'm so sorry. There's, there's plant sperm everywhere. <laughs> Avengers Infinity War, Ben, has got a re release. It's happened. 
Yeah, and they've confirmed that the women will be left in. They're not using the coveted internet cut what with was it called? no the women. Cook cut? <laughs> the, the, the no women, less gay shit cut yeah. of uh, Avengers. And thank God for that, Michael. Thank ben, God for that. You know, one of the reasons that they are so confident in not changing it because they haven't changed it at all. No, they've added a, an end credit sequence. No. Oh, no, they haven't? No. What they've done, Ben, is they've added a little introduction with a deleted scene. Yeah, a new tribute to Stan Lee. Oh, fuck. And then a preview to Spider-Man, which we're going to see on Wednesday anyway. anyway. Uh, I'm, I'm not I'm not really thrilled. Right, I call bollocks then. Uh, yeah. Uh, just, uh, senseless shame, cash grab. I mean... it all uh, As you so eloquently pointed out earlier in the week, Michael, all Hollywood is a cash grab. That exactly, Ben, is where I was going with that. So I don't really agree with the phrase, a senseless cash grab. A cash grab. Yeah, I think senseless cash grab. A blatant cash grab. Exactly, there you go. (laughs) That makes a lot more sense because the sense of a cash grab is to grab that cash. (laughs) Grab Grab it, grab it, get it. Join us next week on our new podcast, Grab That Cash. No, we can't do any more podcasts, Ben. (laughs) We're too busy. Benjamin. (laughs) That's pretty good though, actually. I like that, grab that cash. (laughs) The Johnny Cash uh, fan cast. Where we just, one of us dresses up as Johnny Cash and the other one chases them around. Trying to catch him. Trying to catch him. I'm quite quick though, Ben. I'm surprisingly nimble. I don't think you'd catch me. <laughs> I don't I don't have a shot. But find out next week on Grab, Grab That Cash. Ladies and gentlemen, this week I found out that Ben can do 100 push-ups in a row. And I have to say, I was quite surprised. Because, you know, I'm always making fun of him. But apparently he has got some upper body strength. What the hell are we doing? <laughs> I also saw something else this week, Michael. Uh, now, are we going to go see the Infinity War re-release? I probably am not now, Ben, to be honest. It's, it's put you off now because it, you've seen it. Three times, I've seen it thrice. Thrice upon the moor on yon moon is fulleth. But <laughs> this is the brambliest podcast. I'm we've so sorry, Ben. Look, I've seen it thrice, but not because I've seen it thrice that I won't go see it again. I'm, I'm not going to go. Uh, I'm not going to not go see it. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm not going to not go see it out of some sort of spite because I don't feel you're what not they're a offering. spiteful fanboy. I, I, it's not that I don't feel what they're offering is up to scratch, up to par, up to. Scratch. Nailed. Is the way of saying that. Nailed. Um, it's not that. It's just that it's it's not offering enough for me to go back because it's three hours and I'm yeah. busy. And there's we, you you don't have three hours. I don't in a have week three hours, moment. Ben. I do not have three hours. I have to make seven or eight different podcasts. <laughs> yeah, I have to get a Johnny Cash costume. Join <laughs> us next week on our new YouTube channel by the mic with Mike. <laughs> we met a lovely man called Mike at Comic Con last weekend. Oh, what a man! Charming what to cr- boot. Very nice man. He can't sew worth a damn, though. He can't sew worth a damn. Yeah. <laughs> nice man. Look, check out our bloody check out our bloody, bloody Comic Con video. What did you call it in the end, Ben? Uh, Comic Con Ireland, Comic-Con 2019. Some fine editing, Ben. 2019. Some Thank fine you very editing. Much. I felt I, I did it in between push-ups. I thought <laughs> like you did a push-up with a hand clap, but you just edited. <laughs> Oh, that's quite impressive. Uh, I would be very impressed if I could do that too. It was a week for surprising Mick here on the podcast. It was. Ladies and gentlemen. Um, yeah, but go check out our new video. There's some very charming people interviewed about a bloody cosplay they did. Ben, go on. speaking of things that weren't surprising though. Go on. Marvel's big summer event has kind of semi-somewhat wrapped up. What was Marvel's? Oh! War of the Realms. War of the Realms, a very Shakespearean title. Yes. Upon the Moor. Upon the Moor doth hammer yon smiteth. <laughs> Ben, I'm I'm so I'm so I, I just I know Shakespeare like the back of my hand, <laughs> like the back of my, I'm like a young like, Asalde, like the back of my wrist feet. <laughs> anyway, 
hand. It, yeah, never mind. It was a terrible joke. <laughs> that was yes. the worst joke. War of the, we- <laughs> War of the, War of the Whelms yeah. wrapped up. <laughs> Elmer Fudd did a cameo appearance. War of the Whelms. It was Ben. It was a re-established... It was Jason Aaron's... We said this in a kind of somewhat derogatory sense. We've said this a few times. That it was Jason Aaron's... It was Jason Aaron's Robert Hickman's end of the universe. You know what I mean? Jonathan Hickman's. Oh, yeah. wait. Which one's Robert Hickman? Are you right? Are you no, confusing Jonathan Kirkman? Yeah, yeah, and... uh, yeah, I am. Yeah, Jonathan yeah. Hickman. It was Jason Aaron, Aaron's Jonathan Hickman's... What was Jonathan Hickman's thing called? I know we have this conversation um, every time we talk about this. It was the big Fantastic Four or spinny outy. No, the thingy, the universe it? is all smashing together. Oh, um, what's that called again? Endgame, Infinity War, Battle Battle World. No, Battle World was the result. Oh, what was the event where the universe ended? We do this all the time. I know we forget this every goddamn week. Anyway, and it was a Hickman inspired. Yeah, it was Jason Aaron. He's been sowing seeds for this for years. Yeah. But unlike whatever that was called, which resulted in a reboot as of such. A reboot. A reboot, in Marvel a sense. Marvel Now. Was it Marvel Now? I think that it was, was the It was Battle reboot, World, post-Battle World, and yeah. whatever happened there. This more just kind of re-established the status quo. Oh. Yeah. Oh, oh a classic. Oh, we've come full circle. Oh, yeah, let's just not do anything. Not a full, full circle. Thor lost an eye. Spoilers, by the way, for the end of War of the Realms. Or any Avengers movie since 2017. <laughs> well, yeah, look, Ben, here's a li- I'll list some things that happened in the War of the Realms, and you tell me what you think might have inspired this change in Go the on. status quo. Thor lost an eye. Yes. Right. Mjolnir is back. Because we can't have that hammer gun and for Thor- too long. Thor is worthy again. Oh, good. Yeah. Uh, Jane Foster is no longer a Thor. Okay. Good, because we don't want women in our comics. Do we? <laughs> get, get rid of them. Get, get rid of women. Bloody women in comics, eh? Get them out of here. Women, gays, get them all out of here. Mess of that gay shit. <laughs> Happy Pride, everybody. Look, Ben, <laughs> remember I said earlier about sensitiveness, sensitivity? It was it was funny because I'm the opposite of what you described me as. Yeah, okay, that's good. That's There's often humour in the unexpected. Irony. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, sorry, go on, keep listing the things that that haven't changed. <laughs> now you've said irony, though, all I can think of is ebony and irony ebony living together. <laughs> and ivory. No, irony. They come together next week in our brand new podcast, Ebony and Irony, <laughs> where we take a look at black culture and how people write black characters. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> in unexpected ways. <laughs> ben, shut up, please. Um, no. Jane Foster is no longer Thor. Okay, good, good. The Valkyries. Oh. Are wiped out. Oh, well, so what you're saying here... Yeah. What you're saying here... What I'm saying is... is that yeah. Jason Aaron has just watched the Avengers movies since 2007. Or the film Thor Ragnarok. Or the film Thor Ragnarok and just taken yeah. it. So the, the Valkyries are wiped out. Um, okay. And I thought they were going to make way to find one kind of ethnically ambiguous Valkyrie so they could introduce the comics Valkyrie nice. to the film, but they don't do that. Um, Jane Foster ends up, Ben... Her, she finds the ultimate Thor hammer, gets a few last swings of it, then it splits apart and um, reconstitutes as some sort of gauntlets or vambraces or something on her arms that look a bit... Who was the comic character who had things that could turn into weapons? A bit Green Lantern-y, I suppose. Yeah, you had those ones. It, and looks, then... it looks like... No, there's a few comic characters. Nano, like that, Nanotech Stark is, yeah. is real. So it looks like they're magic weapons that can turn into any sort of weapon, and she's the last Valkyrie now. And that hmm. seems to be the. So we're getting a new Jane Foster as a Valkyrie. I like Jane Foster as Thor. I like didn't, Jane Foster as Jane Foster. Didn't? Yeah. Well, okay, fair enough. You know what I'm I, I didn't. 
I don't know. I enjoyed Jason Aaron's Jane Foster Thor run. I thought it was a, an interesting way to deconstruct a, a very beloved character without doing too much damage. Worthy Thor is nice to see again, but there is a moment where uh, She Hulk, Shulk, Shulk. It was a weird week of comics because um, Avengers, the the main Avengers comic, mm-hmm. the War of the Realms comic, mm-hmm. and the Thor comic, mm. all showed you know classic bloody company-wide crossover yeah they all showed the ending from multiple perspectives great great and classic so we saw a lot of the same things happening over and over again but you from know, a, with but a from different speech bubble pers- yeah exactly yeah. another person's perspective yeah. it was weird i don't really know what happened in each one i think pardon me i sound very snotty so do i i, I think uh not snotty as in like difficult to a deal snob with. no <laughs> yeah. um i think ben that i've forgotten what i was going to say I think that if you were just reading the main War of the Realms comic, it wouldn't have been very good because it appeared to be completely random. It's a very sharp wrap-up. Well, just things happened and you're like, did this happen? Did I read this? Or did this happen in a comic that was only available in mid Is this my imagination? You know what I mean? I think it was too... The main series was too dependent on reading the rest of it. Anyway, where I was going was there was a good bit where... With Shulk. With She-Hulk, where she is fighting Ulick, King of the Trolls. Classic. And he says, as he's being beaten up, we don't we come in mid conversation and he's saying Thor is his name, not a title. (laughs) So and then she starts hitting them. So a little dig at the Internet trolls, I think, who didn't like Jane Foster becoming Ah. Thor because Thor is his name. And so it was a troll. Uh, You get it? The troll. It's subtle, isn't it? King of the Throat. Oh, King of the Troll. King of the Throat. No, never mind. No, you're not going. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, I like that. Is 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 She Hulk and, and and Thor still snogging? Are they still? Uh, I, they haven't in a while, I think. But ah, they'll get one in somewhere. There, it was a good She Hulk issue actually of Avengers because you know she's a savage She Hulk now. Yeah, she's got she's got some issues. She's a Hulk, really, ro- yeah. rather than a She Hulk. Because we can't have Hulk. Because we can't have Horror Hulk in the... <laughs> we, yeah. Horror Hulk is scarring for many, many reasons. <laughs> I think they just call her Hulk in it. But there's a good one where she's having a psychological battle in her own mind, Ben. And oh. it's... Uh, Be- What's her name? Betty Ross? No, it's not Betty Ross. No, it's um, Jennifer Walters. Jennifer Walters and sexy kind of business suit She-Hulk. Yeah, classic classic courtroom She-Hulk. And Big Mad Hulk all kind of in a courtroom together. And it's, it's good. Oh, that'd be yeah, interesting. It's a good little scene. But look, yeah, it, the War of the Realms wasn't a very thrilling conclusion. It was a bit of a everything wrapped up back where it started with mm. an, a new status quo, Ben. I'm giving you a little wink there. Loki survives. Oh, for fuck's sake. He's the king of the frost giants now. Ah, oh, lads. Yeah, sure look. Sure look. Sure listen. Wasn't the wasn't the most exciting thing. Wasn't the, Hold on, I've got a good segue. It wasn't the most exciting thing that happened this weekend. But what was? What oh, was gosh. then? There you go. Did you like that? That's a good it's segue. Very good. Very good. Um... I don't know what was the most exciting thing to happen this weekend. I thought we were going for. Oh, we didn't do that. We didn't do this. Oh God, Look at sorry, buddy Ben. You, I was spinning my wheels there. Yeah, I was feeling. You were. Honest, you were feeling like, <laughs> I forgot. Uh, the most exciting thing to happen to Ben this week because sorry. Michael's just not here today. Look, it's plant sperm. Michael doesn't like it. It doesn't like him. It's it's a war of the sperm. Um, plant sperm. Sometimes I blast you with my own sperm. Oh, it, doesn't appear, it doesn't appear to have much effect. <laughs> Join us next week God Uh, Oh god Go on Um, I went to see Toy Story 4 You did You invited me And I said no man I've got a case of Coward's blood Coward's blood He's come down with a a serious case Of Coward's blood And plant sperm allergy Um, 
Bloody good, Michael. Uh, Was it good? Very good. We'll do no spoilers because I feel like it's something you'll want to see, Michael. Ben, I'm going to tell you a little, a little truth here, a little home secret. Go on. Uh, Toy Story three. Ben, as you know, I quite like toys. You do. You're a fan. Yeah, and it's probably some sort of psychological issue related to childhood. But uh, I cried in Toy Story three. Yes, and that is the last time I cried. I hazard a guess you will cry in Toy Story 4. And that's why I didn't go see it. Yeah, because you couldn't. Yeah, there was, he made up lots of excuses. He was like, oh, people, people, you know, people, I have stuff to do. People need I, me uh, then. People need people me. Need and me. I, have responsibilities. I was there going, cowards, blood. <laughs> and Michael was like, no, no. I don't like things being turned around. Um, and yeah, it's not nice, is it? No. Um, not nice being bashed over the head with a phrase that's senseless. Um, cowards, blood, colopy. Cowards, blood, colopy. Oh, it does roll off the it tongue does, very doesn't nicely, it? doesn't then, it? Anyway. So here's the secret I was trying to reveal to you. Go on. The secret wasn't I, wasn't that I cried at Toy Story 3 because everyone knows that. My good lady friend, Ben, you'll know her from being over there um, <laughs> and being the... Can we reveal that she's the voice of our of our little intro of, of Shomer Bjug? I don't know why you're asking me the question we live can, on yeah. the podcast. Anyway, so yeah, anyway, that's her. Ben, she doesn't like a horror film. Oh. And... I like a horror film. You do, you love a horror film. And before you came along, Ben, and I bullied you into going to see horror films with me, she had to go see horror films with me. (laughs) I do get bullied into watching horror films and I don't like it. You have to, it's for the podcast. (laughs) Um, But she will read the story of a horror film before she goes to see it. That's pretty smart. So then she knows if it's going to be too horrific. And she knows to avoid. Exactly. And she'll often do that about a film where there's an animal in it to find out that the animal dies. Oh. Like if if it's a, if the if an animal is a main character. Yeah, yeah. She needs to know if that animal's going to survive before she can go see it. Because it's too traumatic otherwise. And I did the same with Toy Story 4, so I already know what happens. So we're going to do full spoilers from here? I think so. That full spoilers a, from here. Very long intro. To um, yeah, that, you could have just said that. But anyway, uh, full spoilers from here then. If you don't want to hear about Toy Story 4, tune out now and jump back in in about three minutes. Or just fast forward. Or just fast forward. There's a time code in the description, Ben. I always do a time you, code. You are description. a time code champion. Yeah. Um, look, it's very good, Michael. I think it's probably better. Then Toy Story 3? I disagree. I think, no, I think... No, I haven't seen it. So. I think you're welcome to disagree. I think in terms of hitting the right notes, in terms of the sense of humour, in terms of tying things together, they probably shouldn't have had it a 4. I don't really understand why 4 exists. I think you could have happily left that ambiguous happy ending mm-hmm. at the end of Toy Story 3. But in terms of a character development, in terms of an arc, yeah, um, we, we definitely get to see something very special happen with Woody. Um, yeah, it's it's really interesting to see him go on this journey. It's it's very much Woody the movie. It's not Toy Story in the sense that you've come to expect it. There's not much buzz. There's not much buzz at all. Um, there wouldn't be much of Mr. Potato Head. Um, his actor died. Yeah, he's not in it at all. They're not really. All the classics are not really. Slinky Dog. There, Slinky Dog is there, but not. In any mm. great sense. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the the greatest hits are not there. The army men? Um the army men are not there. Oh. They're not in it. Um the monkeys are back. The the the, the, little the monkey chaining things. monkeys. Yeah. The, those guys are back. Um we get to see what happened to Bo Peep finally. Mm-hmm. Um there's a fascinating transition. I have no doubt um that Bo Peep has been rewritten as a modern strong woman and they do a wonderful job. She's a pretty great character in this. Oh good. Very interesting. Very interesting. Um, I'm sure there will be a re-edited cut of Toy Story 4 good, with good. less gay shit and yeah. less women and good. no Brie Larson. Absolutely good. no Brie Larson. Absolutely no Brie Larson. Sorry, for But, um, oh, Keanu Reeves knocks it out of the park as, well, as Crash Kaboom. He is breathtaking. He is breathtaking. You're breathtaking. Yeah, um, yeah it's, um, it's, look, 
I really, really enjoyed it. It hits all those classic notes of abandoned toys that the Toy Story franchise can't seem to get away with the, the horrific consequences of a world with oh sentient God, toys. It's horrible. Um, it also creates a brand new question. Go on. Um, which is, if a child decides to invest interest in something as a toy, mm. it, it automatically toy? gains sentience. Oh, no. Um, which which is just... Makes children monsters. Makes children Cruel into gods. monsters. Cruel gods. Yeah. That just just full of whim yeah. and and no fickle, see-through <laughs> fickle 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 precious gods. gods yeah um and yeah so it's very interesting to see all that um it also you know creates a whole strange world for sex toys i don't know what those guys are going through oh, yeah. but it's dark oh no so there's a dark side universe toy story 5 put me back in oh uh, jesus <laughs> ben i'm sorry you can probably see from my face that i'm only half listening to you yeah you are yeah because you have just triggered my imagination there completely by making the joke about editing Brie Larson out of film she's not even in. (laughs) (laughs) That concept has just tickled me right on the funny bone. (laughs) I would love some fucking internet basement troll being given the task of editing Brie Larson out of every film. He's like, she's not even in this one. It's like, just do it. You have to watch the whole film. Edit her out. Edit her out. That potato looks mildly like Brie Larson. That would be very good. Um... Yeah, so look, I, I would recommend it. I think it's the first one I've seen that is not for children at all. Editing Brie Larson out of Avatar. That'd be brilliant. <laughs> That'd take a long time. Yeah. Um, or we could have someone editing Brie Larson sneakily into them and then just to piss off that troll. They're nemeses. And yeah. they don't, but the best part is he doesn't edit them into every one. So the guy sometimes. still has to watch every single film to make sure. You could probably use oh. uh, Facebook deepfake technology. Oh, you absolutely could. And just replace every character with Brie Larson. You absolutely could. That'd be amazing. That'd be very Sorry, you ben, ben, you've dropped a bombshell there and said it's a Toy Story not for children. I, I think it's definitively not for children. It's for the original fans of Toy Story 1. Who it's, are bloody middle-aged adults now. I, but that's exactly what it is. 1999? No, 1994. 1994. The year my brother was born, that was 24 years ago, as of August. Wow. Um, yes it's mad um, so you're very much looking at people who grew up with these characters and I think for a lot of people yes um, while it was very emotionally resolving for us to see the end of Toy Story 3 where he's yeah. left with a new thing and the, the cycle re- renews um, and that kind of thing of life what <laughs> and it moves I don't know yeah, that's well, nothing terrible. I'll go, keep anyway, going, keep going, keep spinning. So I think this one is very much what happens to Woody. I think people felt they wanted to see more more Woody in their lives. More Woody. Well, people in their love lives. Tom Hanks. They do. Tom, oh, what a guy! If Tom Hanks was Keanu Reeves' dad, we wouldn't need any other families. The internet could stop. Yeah, they could we, just, we just call it a day. Um, I really enjoyed it. I the people I went to see it with. Um, really enjoyed it. The cinema was packed. I was in my first packed cinema in years, Michael. Ben. We went to see Infinity Endgame and there were literally no seats. I was in my first packed cinema in years, Michael. And uh, no, it's the first, okay, outside of an Infinity War hype machine. Okay. I think it's probably the first time I've been in a really packed cinema on a Tuesday Eve. Godzilla, Ben. Tuesday Eve. That wasn't packed. <laughs> the four of us were sitting there. It wasn't packed. <laughs> Is the film even on? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just a shit film. Um, don't go to see Godzilla. Go to see Toy Story 4. I thoroughly recommend it. It has two thumbs up for me. Crash Kaboom. They managed to do a Keanu Reeves without overdoing a Keanu which it's I respect. Boom an unnecessary kind of Buzz Lightyear replacement. A little bit with 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 a little bit extra thrown in. I'm not going to spoil anything on that one because I think a lot of the humor is dependent on being there at the time. Um, uh, right. As far as character development goes, as far as a tight story, great. 
just a great film to watch wonderful callbacks no overdone humour a real antidote to the shitty animation that comes out a lot for kids now where they just bash a joke on the head until it bleeds out bloody emoji story bloody minions bloody yeah emoji story bloody anything by illumination lately Um, they really don't bash a joke too much there's some heartfelt stuff going through your favourites are in it my favourites are in it who are my favourites? Uh, Kevin Michael Key. Oh, Jonathan, Key, yeah. Jonathan Peel. And, and Jonathan Peel. Oh, my goodness. But anyway, that's what I went to do on, on Tuesday. Sure, go see it. That's, All right, well, then. Bloody good film. Yeah, bloody when it's yeah, on TV. Bloody Carrot's Blood. Carrot's Blood. Fucking Carrot's Blood. If I do cry, it's because it's the hay fever. Yeah, yeah, sure. Well, that's what you can blame it on, Michael. So you can go see it in the cinema. Carrot's Blood Leonard doesn't roll like no, it does not no. Benjamin Carrot's Blood. I just say bloody Leonard a lot of the time. Bloody Leonard. Anyway, look, Ben. Shut up for a second. What sort of thing fills you with pride? <laughs> Lots of things fill me with pride. An all-inclusive city celebrating one particular facet of society is what fills me with pride. Hooray! <laughs> um, this weekend, ladies and gentlemen, in Dublin, it is Pride Weekend. So we thought today... It's not called gay pride anymore. No, it's just pride. Pride. Just now. pride. Yeah. Because there's there's lots of ways to... There's a, there's a whole gambit of identification. Mean, I think you mean gamut. Gamut. There's a whole gamut. Thank you. Uh, X-Men character Gambit. Well, I think he might be. Is he is ambiguously he gay? I think he's is a bit he? of a bisexualist. He probably he? should be, shouldn't he? He's an old charmer. Think, I think he is. Um, he. So it's a very good action figure, that one. It is, isn't I it? Liked, I like the hair. Um, but anyway, Pride um, is happening here in Dublin this weekend. So we've we've a big bloody Pride thing. And previously on this podcast, Michael, you and I have discussed burying your gays. Which yeah, is we did the trope a whole episode. Murdering gays um, because they are... Um, deviant or, of some, yeah they're some deviant of, in some sort of way they're viewed as deviant in some sort of way I they receive probably. some sort of comeuppance what was the name of that horrific law we learned about um, the McCarthy law oh yeah McCarthyism law that was no it wasn't McCarthyism though was it it was some sort of law some sort of code that said if you had a gay character they had to get comeuppance oh yeah the, the moral the, yeah it was the moral movie law where where a gay character could be featured but they had to suffer some kind of thing for their deviant leanings it was, yeah. it was terrible so instead of that because yes. it's pride and we take pride yeah. um, in in gay characters and all that kind of thing we're going to look at some of the, the good examples that we've had hooray over the years Michael and one of the ways we're going to do that we have a wonderful video out now on the YouTube channel Michael oh, where, we, where we we're like major corporations we're like, like major corporations going yeah we're into pride if you Guinness. take a look at the uh, if you take a look at the logo there ladies and gentlemen you realise it's all rainbow colours because we're you, cashing in you better do that we're I'm cashing in that. I'll do a quick gradient on our, our logo and stick it on the, the thumbnail today very clever uh, ah, pride cross promotion uh, <laughs> on the upside we're not like Smurf not for absolute vodka because we do actually fully support gay rights or on Garda Shiakana on Garda Shiakana they've rebranded two Garda cars with pride oh goodness it's part of the reason that there's a kind of uh, uh, a secondary pride march happening counter pride not counter pride that's where all the people who oh yeah sorry that's, that's the, where all the people that's who the look like me go. go to because I feel insecure <laughs> um, there, there is a kind of a kind of Back to the Roots Pride. Roots Pride. Stonewall Pride. As you know, Ben, Pride used to be a protest march. It did. Stonewall. And now, major corporations, the police, Guinness... Small to, medium, small to medium podcasts. Small to medium <laughs> podcasts. Hitching their trailer onto the gay pride thing. Onto the gay wagon. And Yeah, exactly. And a lot of people, possibly the people who were in at the ground floor, who, for whom Pride was about... You can't walk down the street without being beaten up. Yes, they're not happy a serious that, issue that the likes of the police, for example, who traditionally hitching, were not supportive of gay rights, not terribly supportive of gay rights, have hitched their their. I, 
it's, I, I don't really have a stance on this, Ben. I, I've gone down this well, rabbit hole now. To, without, I, without I don't mind, because as you know, Michael, I love to dig down. Um, no, it's very interesting to see, and they are emerging in two different ways. In, in Dublin this weekend, it was the Rosie Hackett Bridge which hosted the, uh, the Back to the Roots Pride movement um, with far more political leanings as towards um, promoting rights in other countries that maybe don't have as, as many as they have here in Dublin. How noble. Um, how noble, very noble. Good turnout to it too as well. Um, I have heard some criticism of Pride currently in Dublin as to being a Paddy's Day too. Yeah. Um, where many people simply take it as an excuse to go drinking in the streets, yeah. um, which is quite frankly true in certain cases. Yep. It's still an important weekend. It's still important to do that kind of thing. And to honour that, Michael, yeah. that's what we're doing today. We're going to take a look at those positive characters that we come To be fair across. though, Ben, I was just thinking there, I don't think I've ever heard, maybe this is wrong, but I don't think I've ever heard about the Irish police being known for gay bashing. I'm sure it happens. Maybe. I don't know. I'm, look, look, ben, we're, we're, we've gone down this rabbit hole. We again, have a point to make or information on our side. We do this all the time, ladies and gentlemen. You will recall that Michael and I um, are two white males sitting in a room. Two bloody idiots. Um, we do identify as, as heterosexual, I believe. Do you? I, I, <laughs> shock to you, I know. But um, yeah, so look, we're not experts. No. <laughs> pinch of salt. Anyway, look, ben, pinch the of whole salt. point here is rather than the last time we talked about gay characters where we talked about it from a slight, in a slightly negative light, um, frankly well not really from our perspective but yeah. the fact that gay characters are traditionally mistreated or or uh, or or seen as deviant or have to get some sort of comeuppance this week in in because it's pride and we're hitching to the wagon we're going to talk about a positive representation of gay characters in popular culture huzzah positive gays yeah not oh <laughs> but um yeah we're definitely going to do that and it's going to be great so um we said we decided we start with um kind of an ambiguously Gay duo. Um, and we, we were chatting, as I said, when we were cross-promoting there a little bit earlier. We were chatting in our video um, on cosplay with two people who were cosplaying Friends as of the pod. Cora and Asami. Friends of the pod without a stitch and fractured fantasies. Yeah, Meganola is their real Meganola names. Meganola in, in, in real names. Um, and they were cosplaying as Cora and Asami, who, who have kind of become a fan favourite, I suppose. Hashtag Cora Sammy. Cora Sammy. Hashtag Cora Sammy. Ben... I didn't know because I've never seen. I've only seen a couple of episodes of the last Airbender. That's that's hilarious to me, Michael, because I really feel like it's a series that you would quite enjoy. Uh, a friend of the pod, Shane, did a very good Ang costume many years ago. Really? Yeah, he was a gigantic, <laughs> tiny child. That's it amazing. Was, it was pretty good. Can we, we please uh, get a photo of that somewhere uh, and put I'll it on I'll the try, pod? I'll try and track one down. That um, would be amazing. Anyway, go on. Tell us about Cora Sammy because I have so been, I have no idea. It comes from the the follow on series, the sequel series to Avatar: The Last Airbender, mm-hmm. um, and it is look the ben, legend of Cora. We're going to have to point out that in the Ireland, bender is a derogatory term for homosexuals. Yeah, that's something we should probably say. It's a bit old fashioned. I don't know if it's terribly mean spirited. Uh, I think these days it's more often said in jest. I think it's often said in jest. I don't know whether that's okay, Michael. I don't know whether we're supposed to ban these words. Again, we are two look, we don't straight have, white men. Look, we don't have a, we don't have any opinions. Don't worry about us. Um, don't worry about us. If you take offence to this, we were probably being thick. You can just write it off as that. Um, but here in Ireland, um, being a bender is a derogatory term for being gay. Yeah. Um, 
in the legend of Korra, yeah. it's not. No. It's a distinction of your, your talent. You have an yeah. elemental talent. You can bend yeah. earth, uh, wind, fire, or water. Those yeah. are your three choices. Traditionally, they were baddies if you were a firebender. Those were the bad guys in they're so the original fiery. Avatar. They're so fiery. Yeah. So fiery. Um, but in the legend of Korra, everybody's equal again. Yay. Oh, good. Um, sort of. Um, now we have kind of an interesting Marxist reading of what would happen if they were benders because benders are the elite in society. Um, oh. The very Sentimental benders are elites in society, and they are facing a backlash from uh, the proletariat. The proletariat, the non-benders. It's going to be a tough podcast. Um, they're facing a backlash from the non-benders. But that's not what we're here to talk about, Michael. Oh, is it what we're here to talk about is something that fans became enamored with as they were watching the series. Um, there is another female character outside of Korra, the Avatar at this time. And it's outside Asami. of her. And, um, outside of the main female character, there's another female okay, character. Right. Um, and her name is Asami. And Asami and Korra seem to have, mm-hmm. seem to have a very wink-wink, nudge-nudge possible relationship. Oh. Um, and this all came to a head. Now, it was never officially confirmed in canon. So what I mean by that is it was never officially confirmed within the course of the show. However, the show ended yeah. with Korra and Asami and spoilers yeah. for a show that came out in 2011. Um, I think it was 2011. I think it was more recent. More recent let's say let's say three years ago let's say that because i don't mind putting my foot in it as usual um and what happened was cora and asami end the series by walking off into the spirit world uh, hand in hand and they take a vacation just the two of us is the line used then have they died no no it's a vacation you can just, just go to the spirit. Go to the spirit world in this universe. I think the avatar can go to the spirit world in this universe. And oh. I think she can take someone with her if What's she in fancies. There? Uh, spirits, I assume. Is Aang not the avatar? Aang is gone. She's the descendant of. Uh, so the avatar is an interesting concept in this world. The avatar is the same being or the same energy that bounces from host to host. When one avatar dies, the next takes his place. Yeah. So the legend of Korra takes place after Aang has lived to the ripe old age. Of whatever. Okay. okay. Oh, it's hundreds of years later. Hundreds of years. No, no, not hundreds of years. It's about... Don't touch me, Ben. It's about 100 years. It's Pride, Michael. It's ah, pride. stop it. Happy Pride. Um, it's about 100 years later. And that we look at the descendants of the society. And Aang has basically transformed what was... I suppose inspired by provincial Chinese culture mm-hmm. at the time, like ancient China, is now a very modern... Oh, good. Victorian-era China, oh. where... Bending has been used to make the world a better place. Stop smiling when I say the word bending. Um, and we look for the new avatar in this one, and that's Korra. Korra has taken on the mantle of avatar. She's she's the next chosen avatar. And she's is she a lesbian or is she uh, ambiguous? What is she? What's going on? So I think one of the things that fans really like about Korra is that a romance subplot is not necessarily 100% necessary to the, the overall series right uh, she does have flirtations in the beginning with a very buff young man oh um, who takes a real shine to her how many push ups can he do he can probably do about a hundred like every good buff young man good. Uh, <laughs> and he can edit videos um, <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so uh, but that doesn't become the centerfold of the series. They they manage to sidestep the the traditional damsel in distress or uh, man in distress, yeah. which seems to be a, a Mary Sue thing that we do these days. Mm. Where oh, that woman saved a man. Yeah, stick Look in the fridge. How stick progressive! Fridge. Let's fridge. fridge that man. Yeah. Um, so they sidestepped all of that, and romance was not really a key thing. But there was flirtation between a Sammy and thing, and many people jumped on. However, what makes this interesting, Michael? Go on. What makes this interesting yeah. in your is opinion? that the creators post finale the creators post finale came out and officially said that yes 
With Sammy and Cora were in a relationship. They bloody J.R.R. Token did. No, not J.R.R. Token. <laughs> What's her name? Uh, J.K. Rowling. J.K. Rowling. Rowling yeah. yeah, so I think, you know, as, as you know, Michael, if it didn't happen in series, is it canon? Is it? Is it? Is it though? Is it though? Um, so we don't know, but well, they, are, they are a real fan favourite. But as, as you know, Michael, yes, um, slash fiction in that style, um, where we put two characters together, is very common. It goes back to Kirk and Spock. Kirk and Spock getting it on yeah. in the transporter. Transporter room, I think you mean. Whatever. Um, it's Star Trek, I don't care. I'm not into that shit. Ah. Um, but like, there are other examples here. Uh, Castiel and Dean from the Supernatural series are always quite often clipped together. Yeah, they, but they they're definitely that. not homosexual gentlemen, ah, they are they? Be, they might are be. they? Ash, we don't question. Is that how it's going to end up? Michael. No, it's not. Not okay. at all. Series is ending in the next season, actually. Oh, good. Uh, finally, what is it? Fifteen seasons I think now. So. That's good probably, Christ. Probably too many. It's it's it's, it's at least ten too many. Um, but yes, yeah, so they were a, they were a fan favorite for a, for a good long while. How similar are they, Ben, to TV's first fantasy lesbian couple? Maybe Winky Wink, Zena and Gabrielle. Um. I would say probably healthier representation of that relationship. Really? With regards to, they're both independent women who exist outside of each other. One does not depend on the other. They frequently help each other throughout the series. And we see it develop as far more of a healthy, co-respecting, co-loving bond as opposed to someone who is often rescued by the other. Ah, uh, Gabrielle's not helpless. Is she not helpless? No, she has a little stick and she can do a flip. <laughs> She's got a flip. She can do a flip and kick a, a man she in the head. Do a save herself flip. Yeah, no, she. I, I, I think. No, you're I, welcome to tear you, me apart here. I haven't seen much of. Have you not seen much of? I, my understanding. My understanding. Yes. Was that um, Gabrielle was quite often saved by the good lady? Well, Zina. she was undoubtedly the sidekick. But no, I don't think so. I think yeah, there's a reason Zena and Gabrielle were beloved lesbian icons. They still are. And so, yeah, yeah, still are. And like the first kind of, as far as I know, beloved lesbian icons. Because yeah. they 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 help each other. They save each other. Like there is a bit where Xena's the physical one and Gabrielle's the emotional one. Classic. But, you know, yeah, no, I don't think, I think you might have mischaracterized them there a little bit. Well, then as, I'm happy to a, be corrected. My as a damsel. But Ben, having said that, I first watched Xena the Warrior Princess when I was about nine and I didn't detect any lesbian undertones because I didn't know what lesbians were. Look. But I also wouldn't have detected any subtle romantic nudgy winkies between a man and a woman. You were too young, Michael. You were too young, Michael. I was just watching people do a flip and kick a man in the head. You were too young, Michael. It could never have worked. Um, yeah, so... You know, we were looking at stuff like that, and then that kind of thinking, Michael. We we started to think about the. We were thinking about how could we edit Brie Larson out of the entire series. <laughs> um, the and so now we're going to talk about how we did that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but uh, we're not going to do that. What we are going to take a look at, Michael, instead is um, we're going to take a look at some representations of positive gay characters on top of that because they mm. were they were kind of our lead into yeah, all this. Yes. One of the ones that occurred to me, Michael, while we were talking. Go on. One of my favorite gay representations. Asa- Asami's not like a baddie, is she? And they- you see, this is what it was. This was one of the interesting things that we did with the Legend of Korra. Was we weren't sure if Asami was the baddie because she looks a bit like a baddie. Asami is very rich. Oh, um, so she was very the much 1%, a, a, ben. she was very much a bourgeois, but she was a rich non-bender. Who became a firebender, I think. Um, but yeah, so it's an interesting thing that we oh. kind of came across. Um, but what I got thinking about, Michael, while we were chatting was one of my favorite positive representations. Yes. 
is Wallace from Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Ben, you son of a bitch. We talked about this. That's not on the list. <laughs> it's not on the list. Yeah, no, but it occurred to me there while we were chatting. I, I quite like Wallace. I think he's a very healthy portrayal of a gay character. Kieran Culkin. He's a very normal man going about his normal day who happens to be gay. The man who he seduces in that film is a friend of a friend of mine. Sure, look now. Sure, look at him now. Look at him now. No, he's not made much of it, I don't think. Sure, sure, look at him now. <laughs> look at who look now? At him now. He's down the pub every Friday going, you know, well, I was in a movie. I was in Scott Pilgrim versus well, I, the World. I was in, you know, I was in Scott Pilgrim versus the World. I played a gay character. How progressive. I like, Ben, yeah. the thing of, I don't know if this meme or trope has a name, but that's I like okay. the thing of casually gay, where it's just a part of a character that's not... The defining part of the character. I think that's probably the healthiest way to portray gay characters in film. Although, like, when you think about it, romance is... Everyone ends up in a relationship in TV. That's how TV works. Yeah. We like to see romance take place. Is that what it is? It's aspirational. Mm. Um, no, there's a comfort to knowing that even you, yeah. even you, even viewer, me, even you can find romance. I, I don't know. We quite often, uh, there's that traditional arc of nobody can love me. I'm a monster yeah. or I don't deserve love. There's that really dark character trope. And then eventually one woman breaks her way through. And that can be quite a toxic trope, Michael, because it puts all the onus on a woman to support a, a broken, broken man. Like the TV show Lucifer. Like the TV show Lucifer, um, which has a very interesting representation with Eve. Um, the, the new season, Michael, this isn't gay. This isn't on topic, Michael. Well, then get off it. End game. Gay. <laughs> there you go. Join us on listing movies where gay characters appear. Yeah. Um, no, there was a little bit of controversy this week, Michael, where where um, I think the internet had a little had a little go at the Russos for including a minor gay character at the beginning did of. Did the internet have a go? Half the internet did, and half the internet praised the it. internet. So fickle. Polars, just polar opposites yeah. on every end. But I think what happened with, um, I think what happened was one half of the internet has been praising this tiny one minute cameo. Yeah. The other half of the internet is going shoehorning. They were shoehorning gay characters in. And I think Joe Russo came out and he's like, lads, I mean, for the character was on it for a minute. Yeah, I just thought it'd be interesting to have a character portray his, his gay relationship moving on. I don't think you even... Even for the, the minute and a half he's on screen, mm-hmm. 40 of those seconds, he does not mention the gender of his person. He's yeah. having an emotional lament at the fact that he wakes up without that person. Yeah. Um, so I think the internet just kind of piled on. Bloody internet. Bloody um, internet. The first openly gay character in the MCU, is that right, Ben? I think so. I think that's what he is. But I, I, I don't think we have to, again... I think that's not including, obviously, um, the side stuff. Because Jerry Hogarth is quite clearly a lesbian in the Daredevil Oh yeah clearly. Iron Fist oh, yeah, of course. Jessica Jones but, um, Netflix doesn't count. doesn't count doesn't count it's gone Jerry Hogarth is a terrible person yeah she's an awful person mm. but I think again that's important in terms of representation I think very often when you when you show a gay character there's a tendency to marry sue them to death where you mm-hmm. make them into this paragon of virtue and you know just a good person because they're gay Um. And I don't think that's very fair um, to the gay community. I think that's a, a high standard. <laughs> I think, think some of them are pricks. I think you're allowed to be. Sh- but I think you're allowed to be a prick and gay. I think that's okay. There's a there's a gay character in TV's best TV show currently, Agents of Shield. Oh, fuck's sake! Um, because as you know, uh, Gemma Simmons, the Doctor, has I don't disappeared. know. She's disappeared off into space, Ben. And they needed a, a Doctor of the Weird, 
and they find an old shield agent who lost his husband and became an alcoholic. Oh. And now he's That's very sad. Yeah. And Tortured then, gay trope. And then yeah, in a way I suppose, but I mean it's it's the usual trope in that type of TV show where ah, they the find someone, male. they find a kind of alcoholic and bring him back and say, Look, we need you to do this job, can you do it? And he's become an alcoholic because he lost his partner. And in this case it's a gentleman. I've lost too many years, I can't go back. Exactly. Yeah, I love that trope. It's a it's a terrible trope. But I look, it's it good it's good to always get a, a reference to Agents of Shield in our favourite show. I don't I don't think that's don't you dare. Don't you dare use the pronoun favorite show, hour. The podcast, the podcast's favourite show. Favourite show of the podcast. Don't you dare. Um, but yeah, I, I think... Yes. I think it's great that we get so much representation of gay characters now. Right. But I think it's very important... Go on. ...not to over-virtue over that virtue, trope. Good. So I, I think the the Joe Russo trope of this man... Just trying, a normal man. Just, just getting on with his life. Mm-hmm. Just he's a perfectly normal man. It's not his whole identity because I think in, in some cases there probably is a lot of pressure on gay people to identify, especially around periods of pride as openly gay. Mm-hmm. I think there is a lot of. I think there is a lot of, kind of. I don't know if you call it closet shaming. Would we call it closet shaming? Mine are from IKEA. Uh, oh, that's okay. That's a perfectly reasonable closet. Um, but I, I think what, what a lot of people would feel pressure is to to openly show their gayness, especially around this time of year. Whereas for many people, their sexual preference is simply not their personality. Mm. It's simply not something that they think about on a day-to-day basis. Mm. I doubt many gay people wake up and go, gay. I'm feeling very gay I'm today. feeling very gay today. I don't feel that that's actually an accurate representation of how gay people are. Now, I could mm. be wrong. Could be. If anybody often wants are. to let me know, often am. <laughs> yeah. But in this case, I hazard a guess Go on. that there's probably, um, you know, not not the way things are done. And I think it's important. I think in some representations, it's important to see um, gay characters treated perfectly normally. Ben, who's this bloody mustachio uh, gentleman here? Yeah, so that got me thinking about homoerotic representations. I of bet gayness you did. And positive masculinity mm. um, in different series. And one of the ones that jumped out to me, because one of the ones that always sticks out to me, is um, bloody... Alex Louis Armstrong from Full Metal Alchemist. He's Major Armstrong. And he's a very big muscular man. Mm. He's he's a metal bender. Um, but the Alchemists, um, for anyone who's not a big fan, for anyone who's not a big fan... Or me, who's never anime, seen a single episode. never seen Full Metal Alchemist. Alchemists are people who have an ability to warp the natural world... Like benders. ...whatever way. Very very similar to that. I would hazard a guess that much of... of Avatar was probably Avatar is not an anime though, is it? By, so I always forget that it is Western anime. Okay, uh, through style, trope, etc. Mm. It is very much a Western anime. Very good, Michael. I'm surprised you haven't watched it. But I don't have time. Uh, you're gonna have to get time. Get, just stick it on. Just, just get a look. Get your eyeballs over it. Go on, roll them over. I'm about to um, have two podcasts. But anyway, uh, Major Alex Louis Armstrong is a metal vendor. He's called the Strong Arm Alchemist because he's a big buff man. Oh, good. He's a big buff man. Right. Um, and he has very big twinkly eyes and a curly <laughs> little Jerry curl. You can oh, see it there. And I a can big see him. Stash. He is very much um, kind of a representation of a leather daddy. He is Michael. a bit. Yeah. He's a representation of a leather daddy. A leather daddy for the listeners yeah. is symbolic of the late seventies, mid eighties gay culture of big buff men yeah. in leather. They yeah. often had mustaches. Yeah. Um, it's working quite often in a, working in a power plant. Working in a power in a plant. Steel mill. Um, it's very often references the darker side of gay culture because leather daddies often engage in sadomasochism. Oh. Um, but the leather daddy culture is dying out. Oh, is um, it? Yeah, it's an interesting. You can watch a documentary on 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 the on I the interwebs. I don't have. T- 
time, Ben. It's for the listeners, Michael. It's oh. not for you. But he's a representation of this, and he's very often he uses his uh, masculinity as kind of a tool. He's not openly gay, but does engage in frequent homoerotic things. But is also a very what type of homoerotic things. Um, he has a muscle off with another male character who has similar muscles, um, and they communicate through muscle flexing. Oh. Um, this is how they gain each other's respect. Both of them Good. have a flex off, mm. not unlike you and Shane when yeah. you get together, yeah. um, and you have to have a disagreement. It is your version of paper rock scissors. Um, it's rock paper scissors. Uh, it is your representation of, of muscling off, and it's it's a whole thing, Michael. Anyone who's ever spoken to us at a con when it's just Shane and Michael will often find themselves having to flex to get on the camera. Ben, did you notice that when I was speaking to Superman, I became intimidated and started puffing out my chest? He had a much he had a much much more masculine physique than you, Michael. He, I will crush you. I will crush you like the twig that you are. You'll try. Uh, there's a representation, Michael, of Look the kind of thing arm. I'm talking about. Yeah, so he's called the Strong Arrow Alchemist. Yeah. And he makes his alchemy work through flexing. Mm. Um, so it's kind of a parody of many things. Um, one of which is obviously the bodybuilding trend of the, the 1980s. Uh, another is Leather Daddies. And he, but he's also um, a very strong man, not afraid to show emotions. Good. And many characters have, uh, or many fans, not unlike the last representational couple that we talked about, have guessed that he might be gay. Oh, it's only a guess. He's not. It's only a he, guess. Again, it's an gay. ambiguously to, gay character. To use your term, Ben, he's not gay in canon. He's not gay in canon. Gick. Ugh. Yeah, it's not a good term. It's <laughs> not like that. Uh, no, um, but it was an interesting one for me, Michael. Did you have anybody else you'd like well, to talk ben, about before we finish the, the pod? There's a disappointing one, I suppose, with, okay. uh, which is uh, throwing back to Albus Dumbledore. Post canon gay. Post canon gay, but then plenty of opportunity to make him in canon gay, appearing as he does in Fantastic Beasts. And we still wouldn't bite that bullet. And they still didn't go for it. So I'm, I'm not sure, Michael, that that's not a, an entire marketing strategy. Do you think he's going to be revealed to be gay in the next one and that's uh, the big twist? I don't know if they're going to get a next one, Michael. Um, well, that's true. No, they will. They might. They will. But what I mean by that is fans often love to create a furore around this character. Mm-hmm. Every time Albus Dumbledore is not revealed to be gay, yeah. the internet loses their shit. Just shows he's gay. And talks about that film. So I think it's probably more representative of the toxic trope of queer baiting. <laughs> you love a trope. That's a real thing. Who else? When else have we seen queer baiting? I thought we were being positive today. That is a thing. But we, you can We have talked about positive representations that aren't queer baiting because we're not necessarily going. Oh, oh, maybe. Oh, 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 oh. nah, nah, he's not. Um, but we're not doing that. What we are doing. Uh, when it comes to queer baiting, is we're teasing, teasing the fans, teasing oh, the fans. Okay, so you could apply that then as well to Valkyrie from the MCU. You could apply it to this podcast. <laughs> Very good. Um, but you could apply it to Valkyrie from the yeah, MCU because they're kind of like, oh yeah, she's definitely probably a bit gay, isn't she? And the thing is, fans take this and they run with it massively. There was a That's whole, interesting. there was a whole. Um, subgenre of kind of fan comic where right. Thor is the god of lesbians. And he fully approves of Captain Marvel meeting Valkyrie because mm. Captain Marvel is quite often shipped as gay also. Yeah, but again, not a hint of it in the film. Not really. No, not there's, a hint. There's no, there's no, um, there's no romance subplot yeah. in, there's no fancying Nick Fury, which no. w- again would be a bit of a stretch. But um, in terms se- of age difference. Sexual, sexual very man. asexual man. Not, oh, he's, I said a very sexual man. <laughs> He's when he's shaft. I suppose, yeah. I mean, he's a very age sexual character. There's no. He's get the job done. Mm. Bloody get the job done. He's kids, isn't he? 
I think he does. I think he has kids in the the Mark Miller Ultimate Universe way, in which Nick Fury's a bit of a dog. Mm. Nick Fury gets around, round, <laughs> round, round, round. He gets around, ba 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 ba. Unexpected. Yeah, I didn't see that coming. But um, yeah, I think it's it's interesting to see how fans latch on to something and then really, really want that as representation. But then when they get a character that represents it in, I suppose, a non a non aggressive way, so they're they're just casually gay. Mm-hmm. The casual gay trope. They don't necessarily latch on to that character. They want a character that's secretly gay. There, there mm. seems to be a real thing of that with certain fan bases where that's they want to... That's an interesting theory, Ben. They, they want the character to be revealed right. as and gay. Do you think that's gay people or straight people? I think it's probably straight people. That's interesting. Ben. I think it's it's the ally culture of we stand with you. That's interesting. And we need that. I don't think... I think... I don't think gay people care that much. Well, I don't know, Ben, if you can speak for all gay people. No, I, I can. It's cool. I checked earlier. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I can't speak for all gay people. But I, I certainly don't think that an overtly gay character is anything that... Will you stop flexing I'm in the tiny flexing, room? stretching. <laughs> yeah, I have to admit, ladies and gentlemen, the biceps are looking good today. Oh, thanks, Ben. He's got a good flex good going, on. going on. Do you think Michael and I are gay? Let us know down <laughs> below in the comments. Got him. Uh, Got them all. Um, but yeah, I think in terms of representation, we're probably living in the golden age of representation. But I think the backlash we're facing to that is now our characters kind of have to be overtly gay. The other thing is, Ben, the more you represent minorities. Yes. And like non, non-heterosexual non people in society are a, minor, a, a large-ish minority, but still a minority. Still a minority. But then... We're going to get bashed for that. We're going to get... Oh, no, it's we're just, getting doxxed. It's a statistical fact that... We're getting doxxed. homosexual people are a minority. Steady on A large now. minority. <laughs> but, Ben, as minorities get more represented, then the mi- the minorities within minorities yeah, are the ones who feel... Left like, out. They're represented. There's, there's no such thing... What I'm, my main point here is I'm not saying people are complainers. I'm saying there's no such thing as perfect representation. No, it doesn't exist. Because for perfect representation to occur, occur, you would have to have as many fictional characters as there are real people. Which is tough. Yeah, I mean... I've never seen a dyspraxic superhero, un- Unwieldy. I've never seen a dyspraxic superhero. One of the things that gets overlooked quite often is, is trans communities. For yeah. example, the, the, we, we, we would struggle to do as in-depth or not as in-depth as broad an episode about trans representation although there was a trans character in the latest season of Jessica Jones and handled very well oh good not even mentioned good I would say that's great strides compared to the Invisibles for example where all the trans characters seem to be deviant mm. I, see this is the problem with because representation I think I think when certain authors write their trans characters and like that they're always aggressively sexual or something like that mm. and they have to be this whereas I don't think that's very representative of the trans community as a whole have you seen the latest season of Jessica Jones I haven't yet Jessica Jones assistant is a oh good is a, is a transsexual lady well I like that that's good that's a good bit of representation there also Saga as you mentioned has an excellent trans character although Saga is kind of about the tragic transsexual it's a big defining part Jessica Jones is the, the character crucified transsexual yeah. the Saint Sebastian if you will exactly. the Saint Sebastian whereas trope. Jessica Jones is literally just her receptionist is a, is a sassy character just who is a transsexual trans. and I don't think they ever mention it good yeah good. I looked that's up, the kind of representation I look for. I looked to. up the actor I said, oh, transsexual. Oh, didn't know that. There you go now. (laughs) There you go now. He's down the pub telling everyone, you know, 
I was watching, I was Jessica, watching Jones. Jessica Jones there. Just, uh, I looked it up and, you know. Fantastic uh, model of representation in that show. Just transsexual. Transsexual. <laughs> so, on that note, ladies and gentlemen, uh, let us know if you think Michael and I have a strange, ambiguously gay duo thing going on down below in the comments. Do you have any favourite couplings? Um, I'm Ben's letter daddy. <laughs> oh God! Yeah. Um, do you have any um, favorite ambiguously gay duos that you'd like to put in? Do you have? They any don't have to be ambiguous, man. I was just about to add to that. Sorry. Do you have any representation that you really enjoy in the show? More importantly, yeah, go on. If you are one of our homosexual listeners or mm-hmm. other other defining listeners, um, how do you feel about representation in culture? Do you feel it's often shoehorned in? Do you feel that it's, uh, it's difficult better, to do? Getting worse. Um, and more importantly, what do you think is a realistic representation? Um, of one? sexuality as you go along let us know down below um, ladies and gentlemen as always we are on Sean Rebuild Productions S-E-O-M-A or A-B-E-A-G dot com yeah now um, Ben just I have, I have a bone to pick with you here oh. this is for the Americans we do have a few American listeners Ben Americanskis Americanskis if you pronounce S, if you say S-E-O-M S-E-O-M or A they will go god damn it Ben which one is it is it M or A <laughs> and that is not a joke that is from experience of spelling things for Americans S yeah eh, no oh, no 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 just muh, it's just ruh, it's just the Irish <laughs> stop it <laughs> it's just just lightly yeah you, I'm your leather daddy <laughs> Ben um, it's the Irish thing of pronouncing the letter r as or that's causing the problem so do it again that's all spank you come on stop laughing <laughs> S yes, yes. E yes. O yes. M yes. R B E A G dot com. It means small room in Irish. Um, you can find you can find all of our content there. Stay tuned this Wednesday if you haven't had enough. Is this week where we'll be taking a look at Bloodshot on our Bloodshot other podcast, born. Collecting Issues, um, which will be out this Wednesday. Um, we really would love to hear your thoughts on this one. So get in touch with us down below, ladies and gentlemen. I yeah. have fictitiously been telling that you can listen to this podcast on your phone on iTunes. iTunes isn't on iPhones anymore. You now have to listen to it on your podcast app oh, really? on your iPhone. Sorry about that, guys. Same difference, um, though, isn't Only realised that. Same difference. Where you can do us a favour iTunes-wise is you can give us a review. A couple of more people have given us reviews on iTunes. We really appreciate it. And it does help us push the podcast to whole new heights. New heights. Um, so we would love oh, it if you also, did that ben, again. Also, Ben, bloody Google Podcast is pretty good, I have to say. Yeah, you really if you say, it? Ben, if you just say, hey, Google... Play the latest episode of Michael and Benjamin's podcast. One of our phones is going to light up with a it bright red light. It will bloody do it. It's great. Yeah, it's great. So try that. Give it a go. Give, Give it a whirl. Take a, a video of it. Put it up on YouTube. Tag us. Don't, because then if you do that, then when other people's phones hear it, they automatically do it and it becomes quite obnoxious. It's great. Do it. It's great for listening. Blast, for it, out on a, blast it out on a loudspeaker the there. Um, yeah, can you imagine? At Gay Pride. Um, at Gay Pride. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, right, that's it. it from us this yeah. week. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Bye. Bye. See ya. Happy Pride. Happy Pride. Bye.